Crazy for Annie and uh, Oh You Pretty Things, David Bowie for Lorraine. Uh, the Full English Breakfast Show, Wordle to the Rescue, Sarah. A Chicago grandmother was rescued from a 17-hour hostage ordeal after police were alerted for the unlikeliest of reasons, a missing solution to the day's Wordle challenge. I saw this, yes. Uh, Denise Holt, who's AC, was alone at home in Illinois on the 5th of February when a naked and mentally ill suspect entered her home. Her daughter in Seattle, a long, long way away, noticed something was amiss when uh, Mrs Holt failed to send her daily Wordle. Uh, the suspect now faces several felony charges. I didn't think I was going to live, she told CBS. I was in shock. I was trying to survive. Uh, the police uh, were alerted by her daughter and sent a SWAT team round, uh, who used a stun gun to subdue the intruder and take him into custody. Uh, Mrs Holt was unharmed during the incident. I never thought in a million years that this is what was happening, but it was, she said. I'm very lucky. A wordle which was purchased by the New York Times for an undisclosed seven-figure sum in January gives players six attempts to guess a hidden five-letter word each day. I'm struggling with it recently. Are you still not? What, what was it today then? Five. 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 Oh. Got there, but it was five. Problem is when you get three right letters and then you try three right letters in the right place and you try another word and it isn't that, then you kind of start running out of uh, goes. I'm better at French wordle actually than I am at English wordle at the moment. Did French wordle in three today. Oh, well done. Uh, the full English breakfast show. This one keeps cropping up and I uh, don't mind at all. Uh, David changed his mind from the shaman and Ebenezer good, which is a good thing, to this Phil Linus and Old Town. Friday pop quiz. Certainly is. Question number one. On this day in 1978, who was at number one in the UK with Figaro? It was the group's third and last UK number one. Brotherhood and man. Correct. I'm ashamed to say I know that. Question number two. On this day in 1987, the Smiths were at number one in the UK indie charts with which track? 87. Must have been one of their last tracks then. Uh, Panic? No. How Soon Is Now? No. William, It, it Was Really Nothing? <laughs> no, it was Shoplifters of the World oh. Unite. And finally, on this day in... Born on this day, rather, in 1946, Ray Lake, uh, who's singer with the British soul group The Real Thing, who had the 1976 UK number one single, which was... You To Me Are Everything. Well done. Yeah. Not Your bad. Your favourite. Yeah, my favourite. Can't play that, doesn't stand with no, L-O-V-E. I know, I know. Well, and you have a lot to get through. So. We do have a lot to get through. Uh, first of all, we might have time for one more before the news as well. Uh, for Helen, the lightning seeds and lucky you. Riviera Radio. Business. Good morning. Good morning. Where have you been? I mean, I know you're going on holiday and you're probably packing your suitcase. No wonder Tui's had a good year, but more about that later. Been waiting for you to send me the link. I know you're not au fait with the common practices of running an international radio station, but if you don't send me the correct links, you're not going to have the top guests on the show, are you? Think about it. Now you do the math. I'm starting to uh, to think uh, that Boris Johnson might be about to wriggle <laughs> off the hook, you know, after you've been putting <laughs> doubts in my mind. This is typical of you. This is typical <laughs> of you. Some very broad, some very aggressive statements coming through. Then it's a very slow climb down when it hasn't gone your way or the way in which you predicted. Yeah, he's having a bit of a charm offensive, isn't he? But I'm not quite sure that making Jacob Rees-Mogg the Minister for Brexit opportunities is the right move. In fact, I'm pretty certain it isn't. But, uh, you know, jobs for your mates and all that. We shall see. We shall see. Just shows you what uh, 
What can happen in politics over the course of a few days? One would suspect he's not free and clear yet, but uh, maybe some of that immediate pressure is starting to dissipate. The reality is, as I said to you, time is your friend in these types of things. The longer that you last, the, the more time that you put between yourself and the original story, eventually people tend to get a little bit bored of it. A week is a long time in politics, said... Uh, Howard Wilson. Very good. You weren't even bored when he was Prime Minister. I remember him very well, actually. Can, can well imagine. You, you remember Clement Attlee? And <laughs> Clement <as> well, <laughs> no, don't don't uh, quite f go back that far. It, the, only, the earliest one I can remember is Edward Heath. Lloyd George, you probably remember. <laughs> now, that is a very long time ago, and not you and I was born there. Um, just on the subject of uh, Boris Johnson, a uh, pretty damning report by the uh, Cross-Party Committee of British MPs yesterday about uh, Brexit and post-border arrangements. Well, we know that the reality of Brexit has been playing out in terms of the UK economy. It uh, perhaps was uh, overshadowed a little bit by COVID, of course, but we know that they've seen increased friction at the borders. What does that mean? Well, it's disrupted the supply chains. It's resulted in less goods on the shelves. It's also resulted in less supply of labour, and uh, that's particularly important for the UK specifically in some of those key service sectors. You see it in terms of retail, but you also see it across uh, medical services as well. And that poses a major problem in terms of the UK economy. So where's the £350 a week for the NHS? And also uh, Ian Duncan Smith and his cohorts were saying that food will be cheaper and taxes will be lower, which is the complete opposite of what's happening at the moment. <laughs> it appears that way. It appears that way. All right, I'll let you off the hook there. Let's have a look at the markets. Good day on Wall Street yesterday. Uh, Apple and Microsoft uh, giving investors a boost and also uh, Treasury yields jumping, uh, which benefited the banks. Yeah, bond yields continue to rise yesterday. Stocks also rising as investors await this week's, of course, crucial US inflation report. Get the CPI print tomorrow, expected to come in at 7.2% year on year for January. We saw markets have been reacting to that 10-year Treasury yield traded above 1.95% yesterday. That's the highest since July 2019. Stocks doing nicely yesterday, actually led by small caps. We did see strength in consumer discretion. As you say, financials boosting the S&P 500, which closed up 8 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ was up 1.3%. The euro sold off a little bit. This is after the governor of the Bank of France said inflation will be temporary, something we haven't heard for some time. And markets may have overreacted to the hawkish comments at the most recent European Central Bank meeting. In terms of equity markets, yes, they were up yesterday. We should remember the S&P 500 is still down 5% year-to-date. NASDAQ is off 9%. The opening calls on the European boards is looking positive this morning. Currently calling the FTSE up 58 points. DAX over in Frankfurt up 102 points. CAC Coron in Paris up 48 points. Now, the thing that's bothering uh, consumers most is uh, price rises. I mean, I put some petrol in the car last Friday. It wasn't even a full tank and it cost me 90 euros. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Now, I tell you, what, I, get, I get my petrol from Tesco's and I put my card in the pump and I think it limits you at £99 and that's not enough to fill the car up. So you have to put the card in twice, which gives you 
some idea about the world in which we are operating in. Crude prices, of course, certainly remained elevated. A number of reasons for that. You've got geopolitical tensions. We wait to see if a diplomatic resolution can play out when it comes to, uh, to those tensions over Ukraine, of course. But alongside that, you've got recovering demand, you've got relatively tight supply, stretched inventory levels, long-term, of course, increased environmental regulation and the need for the energy companies to transition. So lots going on in terms of um, the energy market that's filtering through to those inflationary pressures. Alongside that, you've got, of course, global food prices that continue to rise. They jumped towards a record high last month, further adding to that surging cost of living for consumers. So if you look at the UN index of prices, it rose 1.1% in January, pushed up by more expensive vegetable oil, dairy, grain and meat. So pretty broad spread. The gauge is getting close to that 2011 all-time high. And if you look at the unfavourable weather conditions for crops, labour shortages and the fallouts we've been talking about from the energy crisis, that's all of which is uh, threatening to keep prices higher for longer going forward. Yet to put your card in twice. Twice. First world problems. First world problems, <laughs> Mr Potts. True, so true. How much is a pint of milk then? Pint of milk, it's a good question. I want to say 49 pence. Well, I have no idea. I don't live in the UK, but isn't that what they sort of uh, they they um, sort of give these uh, surprise questions to political leaders to see if they're really in touch with the common what man? What do you think a pint of milk is? I don't know. I don't live France. in the UK. In France. Oh, and no, well, we don't have Listen pints. We have, have liters, liters of milk. Okay. Well, how much is a liter of milk? Uh, about seven euros seventy-one. Oh, Seven no, no, euros no, no, for a litre of milk. <laughs> no, you no, sorry, are nuts. That <laughs> is someone who's out of touch with society. Seven euros. You are crazy. No, it's, it's seven... I mean, anyone listening to this show has got to question its authority. It's... From a man who thinks that milk costs seven euros a litre. I, I mean, I don't know what type of milk you're having. I mean, I don't know where the cows are coming from that you're getting this seven euro a litre milk. No, I was on. getting confused. Absolutely extraordinary. It's seven euros seventy-one for a six-pack of Blue Top. <laughs> oh dear, dear me, yeah. that is a disaster for you. <laughs> you came out with a big one and you bowled yourself out. Very you knocked quickly, over your own wickets. Very, <laughs> very quickly. Uh, Two is having a good year, no doubt, on the uh, back of uh, the Potts household uh, uh, booking a no expenses holiday to well. Switzerland. Milk is so much cheaper here, we're allowed to go on holidays. Tui, Europe's largest tour operator, offered an optimistic outlet by saying summer bookings are close to pre-COVID levels. They also said average price of trips are up around about a fifth as consumers opt for more luxurious hotels and packages. The removal of travel restrictions for vaccinated travellers in the UK has prompted an uptick in bookings in its second biggest market. Said summer holiday bookings are up 19% compared to the same period in 2019. The forecast comes after the group reported revenue of 2.3 billion euros in the final quarter of last year. That was five times higher than last year, although still a third lower than what we saw in 2019. Said they would start to repay some of that 4 billion euros they took in terms of state government loans uh, at the height of the pandemic. I bet a litre of milk is about seven euros in Switzerland, isn't it? It is expensive in Switzerland, quite right. frankly, you're right. Foreign ex exchanges, please. Pound against the dollar coming in at 135, euro dollar coming in at 114, and it would take around about, uh, what? <laughs> 
six pounds to get you enough money to buy a <laughs> litre of milk in, uh, right. in France, apparently, this morning. One euro, 18 and a half. Come on, right, you know, uh, okay. Uh, Terrible. Hope you got Terrible. Your, hope you got your Swiss francs and uh, pack your suitcase with all the gold bullion you're going to put in your private Swiss bank account. Uh, I just hope that you can, you know, resettle, can reorganise and come back in a week or so's time. Have a lovely holiday, I've got to go. information for the listeners. Goodbye. On FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Lyster has the top stories across the Riviera. From next Tuesday, February the 15th, the rules for keeping or obtaining the vaccine pass in France are set to change. According to the government spokesman Gabriel Attel, between 3 and 5 million French people risk losing their vaccine pass due to not having had the booster dose. From Tuesday, it will be required that you have completed your booster dose four months instead of seven months after your second dose in order to have a complete vaccination scheme and maintain a valid vaccination pass. If you have received a dose of the Johnson & Johnson vaccination, then the recall dose must be made no later than two months after the injection. And if you have received a vaccine and have been contaminated more than 15 days after the injection, then the booster dose should be carried out no later than four months after infection. In other news this Friday morning, Belgium authorities have decided to ban the Freedom Convoy that was to connect Paris to Brussels to protest against the health restrictions. And thousands of motorists in France took to the road this week from Nice, Bayonne and Perpignan, heading for the French capital to demonstrate peacefully against the government's policy and in particular the vaccination pass. On Thursday, the Paris police prefect had announced a ban in Paris. And the movement is inspired by the movement launched by Canadian truckers. The Paris police prefecture has issued a call for witnesses to find a fleeing policeman suspected of having killed his girlfriend. On January the 28th, his partner was found dead at the couple's home. Her husband, who fled and has still not been found, had already been convicted of domestic violence in the past. Anyone with any information is asked to contact the police on 0800 002708. That's 0800 002708. Unions representing the employees of Louis Vuitton have called for strike action. Employees from five workshops of the 18 factories that the group has in France denounce a new agreement on working time and are demanding more substantial wage increases. According to a representative quoted by French media, the hourly rate of a Louis Vuitton employee with 15 years of seniority is 14 euros. Uh, the call for strike action is the first in five years within Louis Vuitton. However, the discontent is rising within the LVMH group. And last September, it was the employees of the Champagne subsidiary Moe and Chandon uh, who went on strike to demand the payment of the Macron bonus, followed a few weeks later by their colleagues from the cosmetic brand Sephora. The construction of the Triangle Tower in the French capital has begun, despite criticism from elected ecologists, eco ecologists and right-wingers. The future skyscraper, located within the Port de Versailles Exhibition Centre, will incorporate a four-star hotel, offices and a health centre, but with its 42 floors and a height of 180 metres, the project, validated in 2015 by the Mayor of Paris, Anne Hidalgo, has faced strong criticism. With an estimated cost of 660 million euros, opposition denounced the impact on the landscape as well as the environment. 
Nice Carnival kicks off this evening at 6.30pm with the opening ceremony at Plasma Centre. The theme this year is the Animal Kingdom. Tomorrow at 8.30pm we'll see the illuminated Grand Corso will take place with no less than 17 floats which will parade around the Jardin Albert Premier and on Plasma Centre. And the carnival runs until February the 27th and there will be traffic restrictions from the Promenade des Anglais to the port and behind the seafront on Avenue Jean Jaurès. Uh, today, traffic will be prohibited from 3.30pm this afternoon until 10.30pm this evening. Uh, tomorrow, on Saturday, from 5.30pm to 1am and on Sunday, from midday to 7pm. Uh, during the week, it's Tuesdays and Wednesdays that we'll see traffic diversions in place from 5.30pm to midnight on Tuesdays and from 11.30am to 6.30pm on Wednesdays. Meanwhile, here in the Principality, the SBM has announced the artists set to perform as part of the summer concerts in Monaco, with singer Rita Ora and James Blunt included in the lineup. Finally, in football, the draw for the semi-finals of the French Cup have been made, with Versailles challenging Nice, and Monaco will go to Nantes for a place in the final. Riviera Radio, Sports News. Day 7 of the Winter Olympics in Beijing, with Germany still leading the medals table. Germany has six gold medals in a total of nine, with Norway in second place with five gold medals in a total of 12, and Austria in third place with four golds in a total of 13. The USA are in fourth with four golds with a total of 10. Seven medal events today in women's Super G Alpine skiing, women's sprint biathlon, men's classic cross-country skiing, men's half-pipe snowboard, men's skeleton. That's even more scary than the luge. That's really dangerous. Uh, women's 1,000 metres short track speed skating and men's 10,000 metres speed skating. Rugby Union is the second weekend of the Six Nations Championship with the big game between France and Ireland in Paris tomorrow. Uh, Ireland captain Johnny Sexton will be missing with a hamstring injury and will be replaced by Joey Carberry kickoff at 5.45. Who are you going for? Who am I going for? That is what know. I said. Yes, I don't know. No, it's a difficult one, isn't yeah. it? France or Ireland? France yeah, or home? I don't know. I'll go for Ireland. It's a big call. It's a yeah. big call. Yeah, um, I'll get less stick, I think, if, if Ireland win. Uh, well, it's not a question of stick. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, France look, did look a bit disjointed last week, even though they beat in Italy comfortable. Ireland, on the other hand, looked very good against Wales. So, yeah, I'll go along with you and say Ireland, even though I shouldn't. Also tomorrow, Wales against Scotland in Cardiff at 3.15. Oh. <laughs> I'll go for Scotland. Well, Wales were all over the place last week, so and Scotland played pretty well, but they've changed their entire front row for this game. So, yeah, all right, Scotland then. And on Sunday, Italy play England in Rome. Well, one would hope it would be England. One would hope, but I'm not <laughs> totally convinced. I mean, Italy have been the whipping boys, haven't they, for several seasons now, but... Yeah, at times they didn't look too bad against France. They always start quite well. Can they keep it up? I mean, England are in the doldrums, really, but uh, they should win. But you know what? I've just got a nasty feeling that Italy You're gonna are going to go win. You're going to go for Italy, OK. just got a nasty feeling they might win that, but I'm probably wrong. Uh, there are two games in the Gallagher English Premiership tonight. Bristol play London Irish and Leicester play Northampton, while in the United Rugby Championship, Leinster host Edinburgh and Glasgow play Munster. Football! There were two games in the English Premier League last night, Sarah. Well done for not saying anything about it before. <laughs> uh, Liverpool were 2-0 winners over Leicester. Yay! And, uh, Le and Arsenal were 1-0 winners at Wolves. So that narrows the gap at the top to nine points and Liverpool have a it game in hand. It does, they're saying, but Klopp's saying uh, yeah, that's, it's possible. That's mind games, though, isn't it? 
If they win their game in hand, uh, they'll only no, be six I, I points think that behind. There is a chance. There is a chance. There's they, always a chance. There's always a chance. It's not over till the fat lady fat sings. Lady sings. <laughs> Here's more from BBC Sport. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Adam Samuel at the BBC Sports Centre. There were two games in the Premier League tonight. Second place Liverpool have cut the gap to Manchester City to just nine points after a 2-0 home win over Leicester City. Diogo Jota was the star man for the Reds and Ian Dennis was watching on at Anfield. A thoroughly deserved win for Liverpool, but uh, two goals from Jota, one in each half. And in fact, had it not been for Schmeichel, the margin of victory could have been far greater from a Liverpool point of view as they moved within nine points now of Manchester City and with a game in hand, they had to be patient. But there were so many positives from a, a Liverpool point of view. Fabinho excellent in the midfield. Luis Diaz, the Colombian, very impressive on his Premier League debut. Salah returning, still to come Mane. And the manner of the performance and getting in a, a richly deserved three points. So many uh, positives for Jurgen Klopp to consider. Arsenal moved to within just one point of fourth place West Ham with a hard-fought 1-0 win at Wolves. Centre-back Gabriel scored the only goal of the game at Molyneux before his teammate Gabriel Martinelli was sent off in the second half. Christian Eriksen, meanwhile, says it feels like a miracle to be able to resume his career with Brentford after collapsing while playing for Denmark at Euro 2020. Eriksen says he can reach the level that he was playing at before suffering a cardiac arrest. I'm not going to change my, my style of play. To get back to the level, of course, I'll, I'll do everything I can to, to get back and even uh, and I'll have the time to be disciplined for the last six months to do extras. So even now I'm maybe in a, in a better condition than I was before, then it's just the, the football missing. But uh, no, I feel like me, uh, like before, so I don't see any reason why I couldn't get back to the same level. And for more football news from the BBC, go to bbc.com forward slash football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. You're so happy, aren't you, about Liverpool winning? Uh, yes, I am. What happened with Arsenal and the referee? I don't know, I didn't see it. It's past oh, my bedside. Oh, yeah, no, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah no, but well, yeah, They but weren't no. very happy. Who, Arsenal? No, yes, because they said no. they'd never <laughs> seen anything like it Ooh. in the space of five seconds. It was. Um, Would you believe it? Gabriel Martinelli got two yellow cards. A game of two halves. There we go. Sick as a parrot over the moon. Uh, in the English Premier League this weekend, on Saturday, Manchester United plays Southampton. I'm going to go for a home win for Man Are United. You? Yes. Mm. Southampton beat Spurs away last time out, didn't they? So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. United just aren't consistent. You know what? Southampton. Uh, Brentford against Crystal Palace. Draw. That was very decisive. Yes. All right, then. <laughs> Everton against Leeds. Draw. Everton. Uh, Watford against Brighton. Cool, that's a big a game. Away win for Brighton. Away win for Brighton? Yeah, definitely. What, you know, Woy hasn't yeah, worked his magic money yet? Yeah, though. Yeah, on it. He's got to get a win sooner or later. Uh, Watford. And Norwich against Manchester City. Away win for Man City. Norwich. <laughs> Come on, Norwich. Please, we're all rooting for you. On Sunday, Burnley play Liverpool. Stuart's quietly confident about this well, one. Well, yes, anything can happen. The wheels can suddenly come off with Liverpool, can't they? So, yeah. Fingers crossed, away win for Liverpool. But... OK. We've run out of bed. Um, away win for Liverpool, yeah, I'd have to go along with that. Um, Radio Sports News. Know what happened there? Um, Newcastle against Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Newcastle. Spurs against Wolves. 
Cathedral. Wolves. And Leicester against West Ham. West Ham. Yeah, I think West Ham will win that. I think Brendan Rodgers is going to have to start watching out because uh, they're not very good at the moment, are they? Uh, finally, Formula One, the four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel has said the sport needs to focus on what's going on on the track and not on entertainment. Vettel, who was speaking of the launch of Aston Martin's car for the 2022 season, has said the main thing is to concentrate on the sport and not so much on the show. He also said that he hoped that incidents like the controversial ends to the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix would not be repeated and called for clarity going forward. Vettel will race for Aston Martin alongside teammate Lance Stroll next season. Stroll said you can't go making up rules at the end of the race and that the procedure has to be set in stone. Aston Martin are hoping for a major improvement to their performance next season. Here's the marine weather forecast. For coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore, the Almaritim and Navarre, the general situation is high pressure, 1,025 millibars over the western Mediterranean. A winter variable, force 2 to 4, the sea is slight, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Saint Jean Cap Ferrat, 1,024 millibars. And the outlook for Saturday, partially cloudy, force 4 to 6 northeasterly winds, moderate seas, and good visibility. For North Korsika, winds are southwesterly, force 3 to 5, the sea is slight to moderate, visibility is good, barometric pressure at Cap Course, 1,024 millibars, and the outlook for Saturday, partially cloudy, force 3 to 5, northeasterly winds, slight to moderate seas, and good visibility. Riviera Radio, weather. Well, is there a bit of a change starting? Looks like it. Partially cloudy today. In fact, quite cloudy at times. A light to moderate westerly variable winds. Temperatures decent enough, 15 to 18 degrees. Overnight lows 6 to 10 degrees with partially cloudy skies. At the weekend, partially cloudy. Highs of 13 to 15 degrees. Some rain developing on Sunday evening. What did I say? You said it would rain in Paris, not here. I, no, that's not fair. <laughs> I was getting all nervous, so I said Paris. Didn't you getting all nervous? Because well, you made me nervous. So I, I, I then made said, you nervous? Well, like, on the odd occasion. And uh, so I said it was going to maybe come down from Paris to play on the safe side. And there you go. Arriving Sunday. It's all right, my folks are leaving on Monday. Well, they'll get wet on the way to the airport. <laughs> Finally. Talking, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Is that my new bed? What? No, carry on. Okay, okay. Muddy, mud, muddy dogs. You might assume that your own dog has a strong claim to be amongst the muddiest, but scientists say that when it comes to mud, one breed stands head and paws above the rest, and that's the Yorkshire Terrier. A sample of 30 dogs, including a Great Dane, a Labrador, a Chihuahuas, and the wild card and mixed breeds were tested to find which collected the most mud. Each took three long walks with their owners in similarly testing conditions, with the mud they collected then cleaned off and weighed by scientists. And the muddiest dog was Ollie Moe, a Yorkshire Terrier, who collected the greatest proportion of soil when set against his own body weight. This is quite good, good music for you. You can imagine a Yorkshire Terrier gambling along the go. meadows, can't you? Yeah. Do you know who this is? Um, be a German composer. No. <laughs> Italian. It's, it's called Elizabethan Serenade. OK. And it was written by Ronald Binge. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> Ronald Binge, he'd had a few. Uh, he lived between 1910 and 1979, and this piece of music was made famous by, by Mantovani's orchestra in the 1950s. And why are we playing this? Well, uh, because... Um, well, also, it used to be on the BBC World Service a lot, this music. Did it? it used to, and now a musical interlude, you know. 
That's right, they had the cat chasing the cotton ball and all of that, things like that, didn't they? That's it. Why, why are we playing it? It's quite nice, actually. It reminds me of my childhood, you know, like the home service and stuff like that. But um, Boris Gardner did a reggae version of it in 1968. <laughs> Back to Boris. Called Elizabethan reggae and Tony has asked for it. So here it is. <laughs> 